Jesus is in the business of doing miracles, as we're about to read today in uh, a brief series here called Watch Me. I don't really know how long this series is going to go, which is always a dangerous way to enter into one. But uh, uh, excited about the talk next week involving this, but specifically today as well, uh, this passage just kind of jumped at me this week and uh, want to want to challenge us with it. Mark 8, 22 through 25. It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, so those are the disciples with Jesus, uh, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him because that's what he had been doing. Jesus took the blind man by the hand, normal, led him out of the village, okay, then spit on the man's eyes. He laid his hands on him and asked, can you see me now? No, it's, can you see anything? It's just like he just stole Verizon's line or maybe Verizon stole his line. Can you see me now, right? Okay, before I read verse 24 and 25, this is worthy of a pause. You read that right. Jesus spit in his eyes. That's not normal. I mean, just imagine, you know, you're, you're, you've seen Jesus laying his hands on people, healing people, and then Jesus just wants to mix things up, right? He's like, it's all good. Uh, I want to do a miracle. So he kind of pulls the guy aside outside the village, which if you needed healing and you were unclean, that's where you would end up anyway. So he's kind of going by the law. But then he, I think sometimes he does things that just want to confuse all of us. So we can't make any sense of it and know that it was God, right? But I would just say, you know, if you knew that's a possible, you know, so we pray for people, we'll I'll, I'll lay hands on you and pray for you. I'll anoint you with oil and pray for you. I've yet to ever have somebody come up and say, I just really have a headache today. I gotcha. <laughs> Can you imagine? I would need to hear from... Did that get you, Todd? Okay. Uh, I was like, dangerous to sit in the front row. I didn't warn anybody. I, was, I just knew that it would be dangerous today. Because at any moment, I might just walk out there and... Make sure you're healed today. Got more water. Isn't that a crazy story? He spit in his eye. Okay, I don't know. I, there's, no, there's no tie-in. I have no idea what to do with that. We're just going to read on. Verse 24. You just can't skip that stuff. Okay. The man looked around. If it were me, I'd be going, what did you, huh? You know, but that's not what he did. He looked around. Yes, he said, because Jesus just asked, let's go back a little. Jesus just said, can you see anything now? And the man looked around and said, yes. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. So he's never seen, and he's just imagining what trees would look like and, and that they're walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again. And his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored. And he could see everything clearly. You ever watch those videos where people put on those glasses that help them see color for the first time? 
And I'm one of those guys. Boy, military returns, the glasses that I've never seen before. Like those little videos suck me in, and I'm just like, yeah, it's so good. I mean, <laughs> you know, and you're just crying. Am I the only one? Okay, anyway. Um, I look at this, and I just go, he could see everything clearly. What that moment must have been like. In this series, I want to kind of look at this reality and I call it watch me because I, I have four kids. And if, if you have kids or you've been around a place where there are kids, such as like wild waves, let's just take swimming for instance, what do you hear kids saying to their parents over and over and over and over an hour later and two hours later? Watch me, dad, watch me, mom, watch me, watch me, right? And then they go do something. And as we'll talk next week, men and women watch kids differently. <laughs> but uh, moms have a way of, of watching ready to help. And men are just like, eh, <laughs> ah, I saw that. You know, and you're like, the first time you did it 100 times ago. But the, uh, it's just, you just look at this and you go, watch me, watch me. There's that kind of watch me. But then there's a people walking around overwhelmed, maybe head down. And just trying to hide. Maybe breaking all the rules. Screaming out. Will anybody watch me? Long ago they gave up on the hope of somebody seeing them. Now I want to pray during this series for us that, would, uh, that we would have eyes to see those who are crying out, watch, watch me in many different ways. All of them an instance, a cry for us to see them. And, and the power of what God can do in us and through us if we'll let ourselves see all the people around us. Our big idea is that God gave us eyes to see. That we could literally notice what is going on around us. And, and I, I love this story specifically to kind of launch from. There's tons of scripture says a lot about this. But this specific story is interesting because the man, once Jesus spit in his eyes was like, yeah, I, I can kind of see. I, I can see, but it's blurry. And that's a step up. I mean, you could say, miracle. It was dark before. Now he can see something. Hallelujah, right? You could stop there. But Jesus is like, I want this guy to see, and I want him to see clearly. And so he kept going. Put his hands on his eyes, whatever that looked like. That could have been creepy too. If you're like a person that if somebody comes up and they like, you know, are you, if you don't like watching people do their contacts, 
swipe, pull out. Like, touching an eye doesn't bother me, but some people, is anybody grossed out? Can you do that? Can you just touch your eye randomly like that? It doesn't bother me at all. And uh, uh, so it's years of contact. <laughs> Somebody's grossing out. Danny was that. Yeah, Danny was grossing out. Anyway, uh, just looking at that, that bothers people. You see brothers and sisters torturing each other. They pin them down, and they're like, eh, 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 eh. But Jesus touches his eyes, and then he sees clearly. So the miracle's complete. That's, that's like Jesus' goal. He doesn't want to just improve our lives in a creative way. In a creative way, he wants to make us completely whole. He wants us to see and see clearly. Because bad vision, blurry vision, is just, people do weird things when they don't see what's right in front of them. Like last week, last Sunday. Boy, if you're not part of the Setup and Teardown crew, you miss out sometimes. Last Sunday, we were tearing down and we... We went out. There's always other things going on in the high school. And we have the truck that pulls the trailer with everything in it that we set up out back. And we try to block off parking spots. And we coned off behind the trailer. And a guy moved to the cone and parked right behind the trailer, trapping our trailer in, right? You would think, our drivers are so good. I just want to say thank you to our drivers and, uh, because they're amazing. Somehow, somehow, uh, last week, Justin Molnar figured out how to not only get the trailer out when he was pinned in to some parking spots, but he actually got it backed up. He kind of got it backed up, pinning in the truck that pinned him in solidly so that we could load it, but not realizing that once we loaded it, it was so heavy, he couldn't quite scooch it out. So we ended up with a... a, a a truck and a trailer that pinned in a very large truck and we couldn't move an inch. Like, it was so tight. Like, I, I should have taken a picture of it, but uh, we were just trying to figure out with all their soccer and basketball tournament, how in the world are we going to figure this out, right, to get the trailer out of here? Or are we just going to hang out until this guy comes out? And this gal walks by and she sees us and our scenario. And she's like, oh, I saw the guy that got out of that pickup truck. And I was grateful that somebody saw, saw clearly. Because she's like, I'll go find him and goes. Because we told him, yeah, we can't get out until this truck. Luckily, the truck could back up a little. And hopefully, we could then you know, scooch out of there. And, and sure enough, find the guy. The guy comes out. He felt bad. He thought it was for the construction and that nobody was actually using it on the weekend. And Anyway. We didn't throw any punches. He didn't throw any punches. And we didn't hit the, the truck, which was good. And uh, I just appreciate our drivers and the skill they have. Because that was, I would have hit the truck. I'm confident I would have hit that other truck. Uh, but we were grateful. And grateful that there were people in that scenario that had their eyes open and could see. Because she knew exactly what the guy was wearing. Like, who notices that? Well, she noticed him moving the cone and thought it was weird, so took notice of the dude. So I was glad for that. What if we allowed God to touch our eyes? Maybe even the way we use our eyes. What if we allowed God to touch our eyes so much that we could cut through the noise of the 
stuff we see in this world and really focus in on people. That we don't just see, allow people to walk around our world, whether close or far off, whether, that we don't allow people to just be like trees, shadows walking around and not really know what they're wearing or who they are, but actually take note of people. That if God were to touch our mind and our eyes and we could actually not only see them, but have compassion on them, what would that do to us in the fulfillment of living, right? We wouldn't see people based on what they wear. We would just see them as as humans, people loved by God. And that we could serve them, bring them hope in whatever way possible. But if our eyes are open, we'll see how. What if our eyes would allow our hearts to feel what we see? If we would just allow that connection to happen. And not just kind of see stuff, but if it meant something, like made sense to us, like we could discern it. That would be powerful. How do we get there? How do we, in today's busy world, get to that point? Well, luckily, Scripture says a lot about it, more than we are going to be able to cover today. But I want to dive into a ton of Scriptures, set the foundation, and send us out, hopefully today, with eyes that would see a little more clearly than they did when we walked in. Our first thought today is open your eyes. That's number one. Maybe you could even say it as, as it says in a few passages, lift up your eyes. I kind of see that in our generation as those, it's easy to walk around and check our phone. There's some great videos of that where people walk into fountains and out into traffic or into street signs. They're like, you know, it's like lift up your head and open your eyes. What would happen if we opened our eyes? And, and sometimes we just go through life with our head down or our eyes down, and we miss so many opportunities around us that will leave us more fulfilled than anything else we've ever done. And we miss these moments, and we're not, we're not put in this place by coincidence. We need to put ourselves in a place of challenge. And, and sometimes when we're put in a place where we're challenged, like today you're being challenged to open your eyes, and like we were being challenged at the conference we were just at, it's like when you put yourself in a place to be challenged, it like, makes you think the next time you see something, I, I want you to think, oh, I should open my eyes here, right? I see, I see people. I should open my eyes here because God gave me eyes to see. Listen to this passage because this passage for me is one that has messed me up for years when it comes to what I might miss out on by not having my eyes open. What happens if we just decide I'm going to keep looking down. I'm not going to look up because I have enough to do. Which statistically, by the way, the Seattle freeze, have you heard about that? You know, the, like Seattle people don't want any more friends. They're like 40% of people say, I can't, I don't want to know anybody else. 40%. So I know this is countercultural to tell you to notice other people. You're like, right. But I'm going to still do it because the Bible tells us to do it. Here we go, Matthew 25, verse 31. 
When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger. You invited me to your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. Do other people say naked differently? That's one of those words, right? Like, is, did we say naked enough in church? I just wanted to pause there. Okay, moving on. Uh, naked, naked. I don't know how to say it right. I just say it the way it comes out. I was sick. I'll just move on before I get in trouble. Uh, I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? They were, they were confused, right? Verse 40, then the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Oh, right? On the opposite side. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, we, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Wow. Wow. Unaware we could be either missing opportunities with our head down or have our eyes open and see opportunities. Mostly, they will feel like inconveniences, but they're all around us. Opportunities called people who matter to God. I remember being asked, one of my last churches, to, if I could, if somebody could go visit their son in prison and it got passed down to me. Well, I wasn't asked personally. It just came in on like a connect card. So I got the card and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go visit somebody in prison. And, and I went to the prison and the dude came to the window and he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm just your mom said to visit you or might have been a grandmother said to visit you so I'm here I just love to pray with you say hello God loves you you know cold contact awkward conversation through the thick glass 
I felt awkward. I'd never been in that prison before specifically and, and, and made my way out after that just going, that was really clunky and awkward. And Lord, use that if you can. A few weeks later, I'm driving down the freeway through the same city and I, I remember just feeling like, I should go. I should go revisit Gino. And uh, you know, I couldn't let it go. It's like, I should go visit Gino. So I just, I didn't know when visiting hours were. I just went to the, the prison and said, can I, can I visit? Is so-and-so still here? And they're like, yeah. And, and uh, I said, I'm a pastor. Can I go visit him? And so I went down into the prison there. And, and, and he came really confused to the glass. But this time he kind of hurried to it. It wasn't the confusion before, like, who's here to visit me? It was more like he recognized me, walked to the glass, and he stuck his hand up against the window. And I was like, what's that? And he says, look at my thumb. And the time before, uh, a couple weeks earlier, he had, he had been in a few fights and, and just things weren't going well. And, and he's like, see my thumb? And I was like, well, what, what with the thumb? And he goes, Remember how somebody had bitten it and there were teeth marks in it? I woke up the next day and my thumb was healed. He's like, this God you came and you prayed over me, he's real. I've been telling everybody in here about him and they've been choosing to give their lives to him. We started going to a Bible study and we've been uh, following the Lord. And I'm in here for a few years, but when I get out, I'm coming to your church. Which scared me a little, honestly. What are you in for again? You know, it's like when you hear the voice of the Lord and you end up in a weird space. It's like, what? It was the weirdest moment. But it was all started by just allowing my eyes to be going and seeing him and allowing him to be on my mind like the eyes of my mind were open. How God can use that. And, and transition our minds. A passage like this was in my mind the first time I went. I was in prison and you came and visited me. Imagine saying, no, that's a little uncomfortable. We don't have anybody that goes and visits, visits people in prison. We're good. Thank you, though. Thanks for the prayer request. We'll be praying for you. Bless you. No way. Not a chance. When did we see you? I was the person. You were, you were entertaining me unaware when your eyes were open and you saw someone in need. That was me. Every time we serve someone, not only are we serving them as if they're the Lord, we're literally serving the Lord by serving them, right? It's just like powerful. Don't let the usual blind you to the extraordinary all around you. It's just waiting for obedience. And this... this passage challenges me. This week challenged me. As Jaden mentioned, we were at the Northwest Ministry Network annual conference celebrating 100 years of the Northwest Ministry Network. And, and for us, that, that you're going, what is this? This is additional information you're making my brain hurt. But the uh, uh, ultimately, Open Life is a part of a network of over 350 other churches in the Northwest. And 
Not only that, one of the largest networks of churches globally called the Assemblies of God. And so we have this, this mission and challenges. We all come together and just learn, and we become inspired. And it was cool this week to be there and hear challenges from different speakers and the leader of the Northwest Ministry Network and hear how our vision is really the network's vision, this resonating tone amongst this network of churches. And one of the things that really jumped out to me during the course of it that was said was an instruction for pastors in the room uh, uh, and, and a lot of churches that are just stagnant. And he said this, our network leader said, stop exclusively pastoring your churches and begin pastoring your communities. And I was like, you know, that rocky moment. I'm, I was in the back though, so I didn't really do that. Uh, I, uh, but I was just like, yes, that's like our heartbeat, right? We, we want to pastor cities, not just those who would decide to come to church. We want to love everyone we see. So I was resonating with what they said. Man, how they just want people to go and help those in the community experience Jesus. And, and it began making us realize we don't share enough how powerful of a difference you're making in the community. I don't know if you realize, but when you're out in the community and you see someone and you invite them to open life, it makes a difference in their life. There have been multiple families invited by you within the last few weeks that when they come through the door, people have been deciding to follow Jesus as their Savior every week. So you never know the difference that's going to be made in somebody's life. Last couple of weeks, a couple people a week have been deciding to follow Jesus. Your friends, those you see. So opening our eyes can make an eternal difference. Like right now in somebody's life. Because we love people. And saved people save people. But first we have to see them to reach out to them. Jesus asked in Mark 8, 18, you have eyes. Can you see? Right? You have ears. Can't, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? Man, I hope this week we remember to open our eyes, right? Sounds great, Thad, but I've invited all my friends. Already done that. Box checked, right? And we kind of feel, well, that's awesome. And I believe it. I believe some people have invited everybody they know to experience Jesus. And so now you're that Christian relative or Christian friend, and you're going, well, everybody knows now, and uh, none of them came with me. So I'm that neighbor. But Jesus has another challenge, and that's thought too. Look farther. Oh, great, I knew you were going to say something like that, that. Shoot, right? Well, it's in the Bible. What if God wants us to expand our blast radius, our influence? If you look beyond those closest to you that you're comfortable with. In Genesis 13, 14, God gives this vision to Abraham. He says, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see. In every direction, 
north and south and east and west, in case he didn't know what direction to look, every direction. Uh, I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession, and I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. That promise is for those far off, we're included. Every direction, as far as you can see. Maybe we need to pray for God to increase our vision, our distance perception, that we would see farther. When was the last time you not only looked up, opened your eyes, but you began to to notice that people around you were straining for hope, that they're just like reaching for something. When was the last time you looked at the, the people at a sports event, an arena filled, and said, man, what would it be like for all these people to know Jesus? What would this room feel like in that moment if we're all in it to serve one another and not just ourselves? When was the last time, students, you dreamt, what would it look like if in my school, like, everybody knew Jesus? What would it be like to go to class? What would it be like if my teacher knew the Lord, if, if my friends knew the Lord, if that person over there knew Jesus? What would happen if your work turned into a place that would openly talk about Jesus with each other. Not that you change work to a church where that would be natural. But like, you know, Todd at REI, can you imagine that? You're like, right. God can do the impossible. He can do the impossible. That's a dream these dreams for you. When was the last time you just went for a walk? with your eyes open, and looked at all those around you. Bonnie Lake on trails in Tahale, Buckley, Sumner, Lakeland Hills, Ording, Wilkeson, South Prairie, Enumclaw, I don't know. What did you see? Did you see anything? Did you see people? Did you see anything that sparked a desire to pray for something? That's what God, God's awakening stuff in it, in us. And he'll just kind of give us that spark like he did me with Gino and said, maybe just go to the prison today. I still know Gino. He's no longer in prison. He's a Facebook friend of mine. Has kids. It's amazing. Matthew 9, 35 through 38 says this. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of the area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, so when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Out. Go. 
What, do we see what's on the surface, or do we open our eyes so that we can see what's really going on in people's lives? Look farther, right? We can all go out for a walk and have visions and dreams and start to realize, man, a difference can be made in this community if I'll just have my spirit eyes open, right? Final thought. Thought three, see people clearly. Again, God doesn't want us just to settle with fuzzy tree world people, right? Shadow people. He wants us to see clearly. Reminder, I'm going to read it again. Mark 8, 23. Jesus asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. And God wants to free us from that. When we find Jesus, the first thing God wants us to see, people. Did you notice that? He wants us to see clearly, but this guy didn't go, whoa, the sky's blue. This guy didn't say, man, the view here is incredible. He wanted to see people because God put that in his heart, right? He wanted to see people. It's this notion. And is our heart for seeing people today. God wants that same notion in us. When Jesus saw the people clearly, he had compassion on them. And I'm praying that your heart is just ruined with compassion when you see people with open eyes. That maybe are a little farther than you've ever allowed yourself to see before today. Our action question, who could you, which usually it's an action point, but it's a question. So it's an action question today, right? Who could you see clearly if you open your eyes and look at the people around you? Who could you see clearly? Maybe you're realizing I do just allow myself to notice those who I recognize or those that are familiar or closest to me. I, maybe I need to look a little farther. Your homework is to open your eyes and look around you. Let God speak to your heart from your eyes that you would begin to see with compassion. The disciples got it. They figured it out. In fact, they were instructed by Jesus to wait and pray before they went out and began to tell people about the resurrected Jesus. And, and they went out and, and were just praying and were filled with the Holy Spirit. And in the first instance of a miracle recorded, you could tell they figured this out. Because Acts 3 verse 4 says, Peter and John were going out. Oh, let me set up the scenario. They're going to a place, a daily place of prayer. And there's a guy there who had been lame since birth, and he was begging. And he had been there for decades, and he was begging for money. And this is where we catch that in verse 4. Peter and John looked at him intently. They didn't just pass by and act like he wasn't a real human. Discard him as a person. Think, silly beggar post about him negatively online and how there's a homeless problem and, and, and but not do anything about it. Okay, don't get me going now. Anyway, uh, no. He, 
They wouldn't allow themselves to pass by him with the Holy Spirit in them unless they looked intently. They looked intently at him and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. And then walking, leaping, and praising God as he went into the temple with them. They found a new friend. They looked intently. They didn't just see a bunch of people on the street, a person without a home or a person in need of money. They put action to the love that welled up in their heart through their eyes. When your kids are done saying, watch me, and they come back to you, after they've jumped in the water or gone down the slide or whatever they've done, they're going to say, did you see me? Right? Did you see me? Did you see that? Did you see what I did? I don't want to get to the end of my life And realized I walked by a ton of people that if they said, did you see me? I'd have to be honest and say, I ignored you. Sorry. I just couldn't do that. And I'm praying that God would give you this insight that there are people everywhere in our lives that are saying, watch me. Do you see me? And you'll just let that wreck you. Like it wrecks me all the time. God, I thank you for the opportunity. We have to cry in front of people at Open Life. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Uh, Because of your word and you challenge us to not just be stagnant people that are present but not actually making a difference in the people's lives that are to our left, our right, in front of us and behind us, north, south, east, west, close, far. I pray that each of us in this room will feel the depth of that challenge. I believe that that there are people in this community crying out, do you see me? I believe that, that there are people in our workplaces that are like, watch me. I believe there's students in schools that are thinking of options because they feel unseen. God, don't let us be those that keep our eyes down. Open our eyes. Let us have eyes that would see. Mess us up this week because we see people. Let us not just see them. Let us feel what we see. Open our eyes. Let us see farther. Let us see clearly. 
God, if there's someone here today that has not made the decision before to follow you and choose you as the Lord of their life, the Savior of their world, I pray that they would make that choice today and simply say, Jesus, come into my life because I want to be able to have you in my life so I can see clearly. I want to bring the hope that I need that you're going to bring me to others. God, I pray you would make us an incredible army of compassionate people in our community. Each one of us seeing farther, making an impact on the lives around us. I give you thanks so we get to do this thing, to open up your scripture and be challenged directly from you and allow you to use our eyes to make a difference in the world today. Send us out this week with compassion, filled with compassion. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you process what God is speaking to you today, the worship team is going to sing, and then Jaden will come up and close us out.